Gah! Oh my, I don't remember setting that alarm. Tom said this ancient earth song would really grow on me. Hmm. Guess I better head down to the mess hall and get my Tellurian Sunrise quiche mixed up and in the oven. Come on, Neelix, let's get to it. Ah, uh, Mr. Vulcan, what brings you to my quarters so early? Need a quick joke to brighten your day? Mr. Neelix, after much meditation and introspection, I have arrived at one singular and inescapable conclusion. Oh, really? What's that? This. A phaser? Tuvok? Tuvok? No! I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm back in my bed. This up. Tuvok. The phaser. What is happening? What What to do, Neelix? Come on, pull it together. Now, Tuvok, don't do anything rash. Let's talk this through. Let's be logical. Ah, I see you have intuited my purpose, Mr. Neelix. So... Again. Okay, spring into action. Computer, steal the door to my quarters. Okay, now what? Oh, I know. Neelix to Captain Janeway. Neelix to Captain Janeway. Yes, Neelix. Oh, Captain, there's some sort of temporal time loop thing happening. I keep waking up again and again. These, then Tuvok walks in and shoot. Oh, oh I, hear, I think I hear him at the door. Captain, you have to help me. Yes, of course, Neelix. I'll be happy to help, Mr. Kim. Please flood Mr. Neelix's quarters with neurocene gas. What? But that will kill me, Captain! Almost certainly. But at least you'll have some variety in the manner of your death. <coughs> Captain! This is space. This is the final frontier. These are the cases before the court. Its mission, legislate strange new crimes, seek out new perpetrators and new defendants, to jurisprudently go where no law has gone before. This is The People vs. Star Trek Voyager. The People vs. Star Trek Voyager is recorded in front of no one. For the defense. Captain Matthias Zap Spurlock, on leave from the USS John Restorative Kim Justice. Prosecution. Judge. The Honorable Midnightian later. May it please the court, the case on the docket is Case 601, Equinox Part 2. Star date, unknown. Original air date, 9 22 yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a six, baby. Order in the court. As is well known to all here, these proceedings are being broadcast to the good ship Oprah Din, which I am sure is having a lovely voyage. So I expect a civil tone and a consummate air of professionalism. No rancor, no ribaldry, and not even a sniff of the lemongrass. The question before the court is this. Is Star Trek Voyager a misunderstood gem? Or just plain, tawdry garbage? Now your opening arguments, keep them brief. 
Thank you, Your Honor. I will indeed be brief. Equinox, how are we still here? Didn't we already decide that this was garbage? I mean, I feel like if the first part was garbage, the second part must also be garbage. I mean, just, you know, some sort of transitive property. I'm not sure. Um, you know, um, it's just not very good. I hate it. And, you know, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. Season six. Thank you. Captain Spurlock. In the months since we concluded the traumatic Season 5 docket, I've been, you know, just sort of working on me. <coughs> I through-hiked the Cardassi Appalachian Trail, bought and subsequently killed a number of houseplants, and briefly joined a cult that worships milk and dairy-based products. And as I stood on the majestic ridge of Mount Goldumar, chalice of sacred strawberry Nesquik held overhead, I came to the realization that Equinox Part 2 goes a long way in sorting out the chaotic mess left behind by Equinox Part 1, assigning purpose to Janeway's white whale hunt in a way that reestablishes the character's moral authority, for good or for ill, and makes way for her to serve as the stabilizing centerpiece of the coming season. Now the evidence will be presented in the format agreed upon by the Fairfax Addendum to the Kittimer Accords. Audio recordings of three white guys interrupting each other. Play the holocron. Brand new day. I thought you were gonna go. Can you feel the love tonight? It wow. is where we are. It's enough to make kings and vagabonds. Okay. They said, lead. What's the next verse? Uh, bleed, oh, bleed, oh, bleed, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's exactly we're, how I remember. We're back. We're back. Season six. Season I'm six, hungover. They're singing. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay. So, first off, we do need to, as a point of order. Right. Acknowledge that we are all now watching the show on a different platform because we were giving no ch given no choice yes. by our corporate overlords. Mm -hmm. Paramount Plus garbage app. I was about to ask him to sponsor us, but I guess that's off the table now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. Perfect. Wonderful app. Wonderful. What a, what I a, enjoyed my content that what a, I streamed through they, Paramount what Plus. A, Thank what you a, for letting me get my content, Daddy. What a, lay, <laughs> what a layout. What a layout. Yeah, what a great UI. Oh, my. <laughs> we, live, we, live in, we live in a golden age of UIs right now, really. <laughs> I know. Have this you done is, Peacock? Has anyone ever tried to mess around with Peacock's yeah, UI? I, 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 guarantee, I, I insist that they are doing it on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Nobody created that UI and thought, yeah, this is good. Well, they did it. Some sicko did that to to deliberately frustrate their users. Oh, it's 100% frustrating. You can't, like, if you watched a show before, you can't go back to that series and, you know, pick a different episode no, easily. You had your chance. You had, you had your chance you to click, watch the season in, the when series you click, in its entirety. Yeah, when you click on it, it's like, nope, you're going to watch wherever you left off. Yep. It's like, but I want to... What? No, uh, watch rugby. No, watch rugby. No, We're going to put rugby at the top no. every time. I, I really appreciate how Paramount Plus does not allow me to skip the intro, mm -mm. as is my preference. They really don't. No, you're going to listen to every beautiful moment of what, this intro. Wonder if the ship's going to do something what different I, this time. Nope. nope what I don't understand, I, I don't like, is that I'm paying for it, but they're still showing me ads for Paramount Plus. Shit. On other places? Or? No, I'm like at the at the beginning of of everything you watch. They'll pimp one of their they'll other. They'll pimp shows. one of their other yeah. shows. I'm like, 
But I'm already in here. I'm already, already in here. Uh, what are you? What are you doing? Is there like another tier? Is there like a Paramount Plus Plus? I think I'm on the Plus Plus because I didn't want the. I didn't want to see bullshit ads. I why? Th- why are they advertising for a thing I'm already paying for? Why should they care if I watch all? We knew the this content? was coming though. From, I know. from the day like what was it two three years ago when the when it, I guess it was what was it, like CBS whatever it was called at the time oh, CBS All Access CBS yeah. All Access we knew that like the Star Trek series on Netflix were on borrowed time right sure. eventually they were going to consolidate all the Star Trek stuff because I would I mean what what percentage of subscribers to Paramount Plus are just there for the Star Trek content I would say it's a pretty good chunk probably. People who want to watch Lower Decks, Discovery, Picard, whatever, you know, and, and, Prodi- and Prodigy now, and Prodigy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just here for Blue Bloods, <laughs> oh all God. day long, <laughs> all day long. Thank Tom, you, my mother. Tom, <laughs> Se- Tom Selleck. Mm. Everybody's mom likes Tom Selleck, and that's <laughs> yeah. just the truth. Who yeah. doesn't love a mustache, right? Just what? the truth. <laughs> okay, so last time on Voyager. Uh, we saw Captain Murder and his crew committed constant genocide for spaceship go-go juice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, remember, there was an evil version of the Doctor, which yes. I have a lot to say about that. Uh, there's a quick shot of Janeway be like, if we turn our backs on our principles, we stop being human. And then we see uh, the evil Doctor re- deactivating some remote devices and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Nah, yeah. Let's jump in. So... Fishers are opening all decks. Voyager is getting totally just like they left us on kind of a, a cliffhanger. Is Janeway about to be killed? And in a sudden reversal, she is lightly bruised. And then Chakotay is also not killed. Yes. But, but he got banged up pretty good for a minute. He is in one of them comas. For for <laughs> once, the whole scene. Yes. yes uh, for four minutes. Hey man, terrible. four minute comas count. The medical genius of Tom Paris was able to coax him back <laughs> from the precipice of yeah, death. Yeah, when we get there, I'm like, oh, there's only Tom. These people are boned. He just poured uh, water on him and slapped him in the face. Hey, get up. Hey, get wake up. Hey, wake up. Uh, so anyway, uh, Janeway, as always, proves herself hyper competent in any combat situation. She gets tactical control. She figures out how to do a little like a deflector pulse. And I thought this was going to be like, oh, like it was hard. Equinox to deal with these slimer fish creatures. No, um, no. Then no. Get, we get a quick no, casualty report. We've already got two dead, thirteen wounded. So whatever the number of crew on the ship is currently, one forty eight, two, down by two. I just now visualizing this whole two part episode, but in my mind, I'm replacing all the little aliens with slimer. Yes, and it's a much eat, better eat hot dogs. They just want hot dogs, guys. It was just annoying. They just sound like. Like pigs, Slimer or no? The... I'm saying that. Oh yeah, the scree noise. Like, yeah, I was like, this is annoying. I'm over it's it. It's every time they go to the sound department. Yeah, or the one guy that does sound probably for the show. Yeah, like we need like an alien sound. Like, well, how about like a, the sound of like a cement block being painfully drug across the the driveway? And they're like, yeah, man, perfect. Give us a sound that will make our audience want to mute the TV or possibly change the channel. Yeah, I mean, gotcha, I, I guess it's it's a little scary at first, but after a while, it just became, it becomes annoying. Just yeah. grating. Okay, so that's going on. With, that's what's going on with Voyager. Then we jump over to the Equinox. We see Captain Murder, and they're doing fine. Their shield grid is back in place. They're totally they're protected from 
the the fish ghosts. Like this was their their master plan. They're totally protected, and now they can just keep genociding them uh-huh, to make yeah. gas. And they're like, "Hey, uh, Voyager's under attack," and you see Captain Murder be like, "Maintain course." He thought about it though. He did think. About and it. this this I guess begins the Captain Murder redemption arc of this, which episode. is weird because oh, it, yeah. it reads like a moment in which he cast off the last tattered vestige of his yeah. Starfleet humanity. Yeah, right. it does. You know, because he's he's doing what the most unforgivable thing you could do in Starfleet is to just leave another Starfleet crew to their fate yep. when you could help them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but then. I guess maybe he's hitting like he has to hit moral rock bottom before he kind of starts. I guess that's up. what it was. Well, he sort of digs through the floor and finds a new rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. a few scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, like this, a lot of this episode's runtime is devoted to the Captain Murder face turn, and it's just like, and it at its root, it's it, it seems to be just like there's a pretty lady that thought he's a bad man, and so he says, "I'll be a good man now." Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if <laughs> isn't that how life is though. I how many yes, how yes. many of us have been redeemed by the pretty lady who thought we were a good man? I mean, thought me. we were a bad man. Thought we were a bad man. And we yes. had to show and that we were, were like, a good I don't man. Want to be a bad That's man. Right. I want to be a good man for the pretty I mean, lady. Easy, easily once every six months for me. I mean, oh yeah, it's exhausting to watch just you as can, a spectator. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's gonna be good for a while. You need to get off that particular app. That links you up with women who find you morally deplorable in order to motivate you to I be better. Fix I can <laughs> fix I can motivate him with my disdain.com. It's what, an ungainly title, granted. What's but. terrifying, this app probably would get some traction in the market. It already exists. It's called Christian Mingle. Uh, oh, uh, oh, or Plenty O' Fish. We can talk about it when we get yeah, to the Yeah, we'll end. talk about it. I, mean, I, 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 I will say just, you know, to begin, like, I don't know if they were trying to fully redeem him or they're trying to just nose him in the right direction enough to make you feel, I guess, some sympathy or some pathos for him at the end, yeah. which is kind of two different things. I mean, they, they're they're cousins, right? Mm. But yeah, I don't know that the writers want you to view him as heroic at the end, but they want to give you just enough that when he, spoiler, when he dies at the end of the episode that you're like, oh, wow, what, he's a more of a tragic story than a villain story. No. Which... Like I said, I know we're supposed to view like these two parters. We're kind of supposed to view each one in its own little little silo. Yeah, but I'm like, wow, we did not set up any that's, of this. That's fair. And, and to, to to more a greater degree, this is a little unbelievable with what yeah. you told me concretely in right. the first part. And I made that. I, I think we talked about that, or I sort of broke our own rules and made that point during in the huddle house episode right. where I was, I was complaining, you know, I caught a lot of flack for not liking Ep- Equinox part one, people who thought that I should have defended it more vociferously. But the, I, the thing I hate about it is that they turn him in. He's a mustache twirling villain in part one. And then in this one, they try to killer make you, is what yes, we said about him. They try to make you care about him. And I, and I, that I want to because that's a better story. That's a better experience for me as an audience. But you made it real hard with what you did with part one, which is why right. I really dislike part one. But I'm willing to make allowances for the things that part two does to to try to fix. It. I just don't know how a two part became so one half is so disjointed from the other half. Right. Because totally. they made them. Con- con- Surely they did. Right. right? Filmed them in the uh, same week. Did they? Same writers. 
And they've done this split a two-parter across seasons thing enough times that we can't be like, they didn't know what It was feels like happen. it's different writers. It feels like there were two writers that wanted him to just be a villain and two that thought, no, this is more interesting if he has some redeemable qualities. No, it's, it feels like a completely different showrunner came in and was like, oh, that fucking sucked. Let's fucking fix this shit. Oh, is that what happened? Could be. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I give you the layup for like a dunk, and you're like, huh, could be, could it's be possible. It's possible. It's not like, <laughs> all right, well, let's science allows for it. Let's let's plow on. The answer is no, no, no. <laughs> the same people wrote this that wrote the last one. Wow. Okay. 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 So, enter something that I'm always excited to see: Janeway with some big ass guns. Uh, making her way down the corridor. There's a dead alien. There's like an odd moment where like Neelix kind of steps over it and she like stops and like looks at it like this was a life, man. And then moves on. And um, she doesn't really care. Yeah, she doesn't. She's in Valkyrie mode for the pretty much the full runtime of this. And I'm into it. Uh, but we'll, eh, we'll talk more about it as we get to it. I'm kind of into it. Oh, I'm 100% into uh, it. No, I have a note later about uh, Janeway's husky murder voice, and mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, please. Uh, so they, they, there's a quick one-off line. Oh, we found the mobile emitter on deck nine. Weird. Okay. And then she takes a long look at the the crispy alien, and then we go to sickbay where there's only Tom Paris to help these poor people, and they, they say, any sign of the doc? Oh, he's right here, and it pops up, and immediately, because this was such a sore, sore point for me from part one, I was like, okay, okay, okay. So this is the evil doctor, right? Right. And that's what it turns out to be. I'm like, okay, okay, fine. You can tell from the way he furtively cuts his eyes from side to yes, side. Yes. I think like like Picardo like kind of like raises his shoulders a little bit yeah. when he's being the evil doctor. Uh okay. So there Janeway's very focused on did you stop them? How how have we got them? Where where is everyone? And but we all get sort of sidelined by checking in on Chakotay. And like he's he's seems to be he's fine. He got over the thing. And he he's he's really focused, like we should try to talk to them, try to communicate with the slimer ghosts. And he's like, look, if I figured out how to talk to a Torellian C pod, this shouldn't be much harder. I was like, what a what a random flex, Chakote. Thank you. I will say a slight correction. Um while the same writers wrote both of these, uh Ronald Ronald D. Moore from Deep Space Nine join the writing team at this point so isn't it isn't he on the only on the writing staff for like four episodes or something could be okay could be but but that doesn't claim there's a very that could explain there's a big shift that could from, explain some of it yeah okay okay got and it. they do sort of try to give the the bad captain a, a bit of a like hyper condensed gold ducat treatment here right they never redeem gold ducat he is a bad guy but they do create spaces in that character in deep space nine for you to yeah understand the position he was put in to even go so far as to feel a little sorry for him despite how awful he is right yeah Uh, of course they do it over the course of what six seasons where right this case you're trying to do it in one half of a two-part episode (laughs) uh but they're talking about how we're going to stop the attacks. But Janeway is like laser focused on the Equinox. Like, no, no, no. This is like we need to focus on the Equinox. Our enemy is the humans. It's crucial that you don't get sight. And then there's a, a screen always. And then we have a hard cut to a stony beach. And I was like, what? Like I literally thought, is this a commercial? Because this is the first thing I was watching <laughs> on uh, Paramount right. Plus. It's a commercial for Sandals Resort. <laughs> <laughs> they're so reasonable rates. Uh, 
But then I remembered, oh, yeah, they established that they have, like, crappy holodeck light sort of visors that just sure show you passive scenes. This is my Oculus. Yeah, my Oculus Rift. <laughs> my, my Oculus Rift masturbation machine. Jeff, Jeff Chin materializes. You see, guys, I told you it was the future. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you reach up, you can touch that box. Welcome to there. the metaverse. Right. The metaverse. Metaverse. Uh, but he gets interrupted. Uh, and it's it's Max, our old friend Max, brought you a visitor, and it's seven of nine. Which I was like, wait, she was on the Equinox in the last episode. Yeah, she got grabbed. Okay, right? yeah, she gets. Uh, or was not, she already over there? She was over there. She was over there. She was doing repairs. She was uh, not. She was either over there sabotaging already. No, not she okay. wasn't sabotaging. She was. She, okay, yeah, she was doing repairs or something. When they escaped and left, so she, yeah, she I do remember us briefly talking about how they seemed to take her out very easily. The, yeah, they took her out, yeah, they, her up. Yeah, they knocked but, her out. Okay, I fine. think the fact that we all refused to go back and rewatch Equinox Part One, or even listen to our episode about Equinox Part One <laughs> that we did six months ago, why was, torture ourselves? Yeah, exactly. No, I like it. Uh, it says a lot, really, about that episode. Yeah, it does. Uh, seven. And then, but I had the momentary like, wait, where was she? Where to get her? Whatever, I don't care. Uh, state your intentions. It's like, look, and they're immediately. I'm like, oh, come on, babe, join the crew. Everything's groovy now. And it's like, it's a little like, how? Why did they think this would work? Like, why did they think they could seduce her to be part of the crew? So there's some good. There's a good tête-à-tête of us. You can either it'll take months to get home, even with all this stuff. You can either spend that time in the brig or become part of the crew. And she's like, I'd prefer the brig. And he's like, Janeway's not the only captain that could help you explore your humanity. And the way he says that is like so deeply, deeply slimy. And she says, like, you're an inferior role model. It's like she clung to her humanity at the expense of her crew. And I'm like, that's one of those, like, he should, like, record what he says and then listen to it later. Like, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That <laughs> that is... And then he does the creepiest, like, almost touch face thing. Like, yeah. he doesn't, it's not like he doesn't actually touch her face. He just, like, almost does. It's like which is hair, even creepier than just hair. touching her face. Which I was like, you had a hair did these characters face. interact at all in part one? I don't remember them more than having, like, a couple no. of. No, I don't. So this so. whole like obviously romantic connection that he is trying to forge with Seven just kind of is 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 put on our laps, and we just have to accept it for part two. I guess I I could be making this up, but I do seem to recall him having conversations with his crew about what an asset she would be if they book or something like that. I mean, there was could be as far as like the bor- an exceptional. Bor- I mean, nothing that would justify the sort of. Like rom- like you said, the romantic. Although it may just he may just be being gross. I mean, honestly, he yeah. may just be like, "Oh, cool! Now we can have a now we can have a hot chick on board. <laughs> She'll be so charmed by me." Um, he did. He expressed like some interest in her utility. I think at some point, but there wasn't a whole lot of character to character interaction. Right. right. Which based functionally, he was a different character in the other episode too. So, okay. Uh, Cut to they're down in um sick their destroyed sick bay lab. And like, looks like we'll have to amputate. That was a joke. You're supposed to laugh and have banter with me. And I was like, weird meta joke, but also deeply creepy. Uh and then this is this is when it's it's Max who's like, you need to let your shields down. It's gonna be a lonely trip if you just and 
But luckily, they say, our doctor left us a replacement. He, we downloaded your doctor into our database, and that's when I said, hold the fuck on. And it was funny you just said that, because I did break our cardinal rule. I was like, I was so sure there's no way this could have happened. I went back and watched the scene from Equinox Part 1, where the doctor and the evil doctor encounter each other. And much to my chagrin, it it is quite feasible that he did that. And helps explain some of the other confusions in that episode. So I don't, like, basically, I went back and watched the scene, and they're in that lab, and he basically bops the emitter. We were worried about breaking it, but I guess he just, like, hit the off button that he intuited. Yeah, right. And then then it's, like, a, a, a slow, creepy, like, fade to black. So he had, Evil Doctor had ample time to download him into the uh, Equinox mainframe. It's, it's very much, like... Worst person you know makes a good point. Yeah. Sort of vibes. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. You fine. you actually it's thought this through, and it makes sense. I but you can't copy him. We well, didn't hard, hard, hard to copy, but he just he didn't copy it. Right, he just moved the whole file. Right. Isn't moving a whole file harder than copying a file? No, because they do it every time he picks up the mobile emitter. Yeah, they just send him from place to place as like a self-contained matrix. Well, then why can't? I just feel like there are other past episodes with the doctor and there being issues. Oh, with oh yeah. And they all don't that. give a shit about the doctor, shit. is what yeah, I've realized. Yeah, the copying part is the why can't you copy him is the part that they've always just hand waved and expected us to accept. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that you have, if you want to, you know, like, okay, you can move his matrix from this device to this device or this storage to this storage, but that doesn't explain why they can't just duplicate the matrix. And they've always right. just sort of said, right. you just freaking can't. It wouldn't be the same <laughs> guy or whatever. Done. Yeah. That button's grayed out. You can't do it, player. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, they make the doctor treat uh, Seven because she has some minor uh, wounds from the whole getting captured thing. Okay. So molar to bridge. We're ready. We got 20 isograms of the compound. Engage. And then wouldn't you know it, their power relays are offline. <clears throat> They've been encoded. So I guess at some point off screen last episode seven encoded the power relays, which once again, it's a little thin, but that's a logical thing that that character could easily do so far. Sure. And she was over there long. enough. She was over there long enough. And they, they, at this point, they had plenty of time after they arrested the crew. They're like, go ahead as a safety measure, encode this. So if they ever try to, it would also be very Janeway to be like, we need to trust them. But also sabotage their ship. Please. Uh, please, just, if you would. Just in case we're wrong in trusting them. <laughs> okay. So they, then they go back to the, to Seven, like, give us the codes. And then she's like, she's not going to give us the codes. And they're, they're, there's a really good line where they're like, doctor, get in there and get the get the information. And he's like, no, no, her cranial infrastructure is complex. It'll take months to figure out what she had for breakfast, which is a good line. And then they go over and, like, literally, Captain Murder hits, like, two buttons. Yep. And deletes his ethical subroutines. So now there's two evil doctors and I, there's things I like in this episode. This is probably the thing I hate the most because it, a it's cheap and B it's kind of character sabotage of the main cast in service of this one-off villain that I don't care about. Yep. It's, it's really my one big issue with this. I actually think as a standalone episode, if I don't continue to punish this mm. one for the sins of its forebearer, right. I actually think this is a, a pretty good episode and repairs some of the, ably repairs some of the damage from, from part one. Except this part, 
you, you really do have to stop and talk about it, okay? Because it's either just a super cheap narrative trick, like like you just described. It's char- main main character sabotage in service to a cheap villain, or they're really making a point here that all of his efforts to transcend being a computer program up to this point are were for naught. Because yep. all you have to do is delete two lines after everything he's learned about family and friends and being part of a crew and being uh, making Pinocchio a real boy. Delete two lines of code and he becomes a compliant sadist. That's all that happens. That's what happens. Yeah. So you have to say, okay, this is either real crappy writing or he just became the most tragic character on the show. Yeah. Which one do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I guess the latter, if I only have those two choices. Yeah. (laughs) But I kind of hate that Like I only have those two choices from this scene. I think it would have been more, it would have been better if they found a way to force him to do it anyway, even with, you know, his ethical subroutines intact. Well, also, that's such a hand-wavy thing. Like, we deleted your ethical subroutines. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, he still knows everything he knows. He why Just because he doesn't have his ethical subroutines doesn't mean he automatically jumps over to <laughs> Team Evil. Yeah. Even a person who has no... Just a, let's talk about a regular human who has no real ethical code for themselves knows what society considers to be right and wrong. Right. Right. Even a total sociopath even though they don't feel any guilt over murdering somebody, knows that like you're not supposed to murder people right. when you're part of society. So the fact that just just taking out his internal ethics processor would turn him into someone who just gleefully tortures a former friend just out of morbid curiosity. Sadistically. Sadistically. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they I mean they could have said, okay, we're gonna work on you for a while. We're gonna take out your ethical subroutines, we're gonna we're going to dial your willpower slider from 10 down to 1. Right. I mean, you know, give give me some more if you're going to monkey with his with his programming to make this work then okay. But don't just be like doop backspace one uh-huh, line and gotcha. now this character that they've been building for 6 or, or five even seasons. just say, well, we it took us months to break our doctor, but yeah. we have all that all those programs we yeah. just upload we, to we you. We built a macro. Yeah, yeah exactly. we, we can just shove this flash drive in your ear and and all the stuff we did to break that doctor will just immediately download into your system. Okay, that nope, that was cool. just like, I would accept that. Boop boop delete. So yeah, I I really don't like that and also kind of brings to light like what are we doing with the doctor, guys? Like as a, as a show, right. like I feel like as the first time viewer, I've been sort of like trusting that this is going somewhere, and th- this uh, this narrative that you've been developing about this artificial life form, and it's just been on pause or like totally shoved out of the way when they want to do something else, and it's it, it's really kind of like uh, this is like the the other sh- the other shoe falling from that terrible episode where he had a family. Um, like it's very much like I'm concerned about where we're going with this character moving forward. So, okay. So anyway, so the, he immediately turns sadistic and starts like, "Well, she'll try to resist. I'll have to restrain her." <laughs> and okay, uh, cut to uh, back on Voyager. There's a quick bridge, a quick uh, bridge scene where. Janeway's looking at data patches like, well, it's not exactly Shakespeare. And Chakotay's like a small olive branch is still an olive branch. So they've like frantically cobbled together something they think the aliens will understand right. to try to communicate with them. Then there's a quick bit of uh, they send the message and then Chakotay says, everyone put down your weapons. We got to show some trust. And Janeway's like, belay that order. Like uh, normally I would go with you, but in this case, hold on to your weapons. Weird fish ghost comes in, checks out Harry Kim, and then leaves and immediately they raise shields 
and they say if they understood a message, they haven't responded. And then they start getting the the fissures again, like, well, there's your response. And they do the deflector pulse yet again and say, okay, we got another few minutes of peace and quiet. All right, focus your efforts on repairing the warp drive. And Chakotay's like, well, if it's all the same to you, I'd like another stab at the message. And she's like, look, we, we should be tracking ransom, not tinkering with adverbs, which is a very like pat yourself on the back sort of writer line. But it, it's good. It's a good line. And then I was like, oh, Valkyrie mode. She's not hearing any of this. She she has chosen violence as the parliament. You know what goes. that means. When she enters Valkyrie mode, chiding First Officer Chakotay can't be far behind. Catherine, Wh- yeah. this is Catherine, I know. Which, which honestly, them coming into conflict is the best part of this episode, yep. in my we opinion. Finally get some good Chakotay. Wait. We haven't had a good Chakotay Janeway throwdown since, God, what, like Scorpion? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. the one that springs to mind. There may have been one since then. Sure. But there's actual like heft, and yes. you feel like their relationship is different after this episode, or yep. should be. Uh, but, you know, okay. So, uh, he follows her into her ready room, and he's like, hey, I know you don't want to hear this. She's like, look, let me say what you're about to say. It's Voyager we should be worrying about, you big pussy. And and she's like, you'd make a great first officer. And she's like, we have a crew member trapped on that ship. And then I like that Chakotay immediately said what I was thinking. Is this really about Seven, or is it about Ransom? And he's like, you've been, you've been known to hold a grudge? Yep. And it seems like you're going to throw Voyager to the wolves. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, we've had our share of bad guys, and she rattles them off. Ransom is no different. And then we get into kind of the core of her problem, where they where they're, they basically they're arguing back and forth. And she's like, like, I appreciate your candor. She's like, let me be blunt. I am angry. I'm damn angry. And this is something new for, for Janeway that we've seen. And it's interesting that it's not really a function of we've been out here so long and my morals have – taken a beating and I'm just sick of it. It seems to be the Starfleet captain thing. It's very much like Ransom has broken the code of the West and she will put him down. And it's it's interesting to kind of have this. And I think this is supported with some of the earlier Janeway episodes where she talks about other captains that, yeah. that she thinks are important. <clears throat> yeah, I think you could also read it as somewhere inside her, her, her faith and her ability to get this crew home is waning, but she has cast her lot as we are going to die Starfleet. If we die out here mm-hmm. all the way back to caretaker, like if I made this decision, we're on, we're riding this river now. And this and she's like, even if we don't make, if I, if all I manage out of this whole seven year debacle is to take down one bad Starfleet captain to stand up for the badge, then we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. Uh, so I, I think it's supported going all the way back to like the beginning of season four with Knight and some of those episodes where we saw her, her resolve in terms her her bu- her sort of bubbliness about oh of course we're gonna make it home we're we're gonna do mm-hmm. it all, all that sort of starting to flag a little bit so I, this this feels supported and I like it and her delivery of it is in such a way that it suggests that there's more going on underneath it than just her hatred for this one dude right. And, and Kate Mulgrew chews this scene up. It's great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hunt him down no matter how long it takes. And if you want to call that a vendetta, go ahead. Well, I will because I that's, that's the definition that of vendetta. That is literally what you're doing. So I am Textbook. going to call it that. Textbook. Textbook. I also like how Chakotay just doesn't say anything, just kind of eeps and like, eep, eep, <laughs> eep. Well, he's like, oh, it's one of these weeks, huh? Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So anyway, cut back to the Equinox. Uh, they've found a planet with a parthogenic atmosphere. They're going to hide there so they can't be detected while they're doing repairs. And then we go to the very creepy scene of the doctor singing. Uh, the ocular note is connected to the other thing. It's, it is creepy. Uh, it's, I think they belabor it too much. They lean on that creepiness too much, but still a very troubling scene between him and seven where he's, they start arguing about, um, how you should be able to understand what it's like to, to be unfettered. And I was like, Oh, like, are we bringing in some like unfettered AI thoughts randomly in the middle of the script? No, I'm interested. Um, and she's telling him we need to repair your program. He's like, it's far more efficient when you don't have to worry about ethics, basically. Uh, then Captain Murder comes in, and he's like, tell me the codes. And she's like, no. He's like, look, Janeway was right. You are unique. Don't make, don't make me destroy you, basically. And she's like, your compassion is irrelevant. And then this is when we start. We kind of start getting into the Captain Murder stuff. Like, you think this is easy for me? the sight of you on that table. And I'm like, uh, yes, yes. probably, probably <laughs> From the way you're established in the previous episode. Yes. But you, I guess, do you no? think he's saying that, is that the character saying that in an attempt to manipulate seven? Or do you think that's supposed to be directed at the audience? It seems earnest. Like he seems like he honestly is deeply, he has made a connection with her for whatever reason. Yeah. And it seems like an earnest, like, please give me an out. Please give me an out. So I don't have to do this horrible thing and help the, me stop hurting you. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's like I said, it, it's weird because it's not like they found the Equinox on day two of them genociding these Slimer ghosts. They, they found them on like day 97. Like they've done plenty of murders. They're experienced genociders. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Okay. And then, and I do like she gets a good burn on him, where he's like, "You leave me no choice." He's like, "Oh, you say that frequently. Does that logic comfort you that you that you tell yourself you had no choice?" She's like, "You'll have to destroy me to obtain the codes." And then the doctor kind of looks at him like, "Uh," and he's like, "Sad nod, destroy my new girlfriend." And then the doctor goes back to singing. Back on Voyager, Captain's log, warp drive is back online. We can't locate the Equinox, and Chakotay comes in to talk to Janeway. He's like, hmm, you don't normally submit your recommendations in writing. He's like, well, last time we spoke, you weren't very receptive. She's like, look, the Ankari, which are the race that the Equinox encountered that gave them the device that allowed them to summon these things in the first place, um, are 50 light years in the wrong direction. And he's like, but we might be able to communicate with them. And she's like, our first priority is to find Ransom. And then they kind of go over that there's no, they haven't found any nucleogenic particles. So they have not been successful in getting their uh, genocide warp drive functional as yet. And then she, then I love this, like, like it's very much like an Admiral Thrawn sort of moment. Like I've been studying his case files, he, his service record. When pursued, he tends to hide. And, she's, and then she's like, hey, you, Maquis boy, go look for some, the kind of place you'd hide your ship if you were damaged. And I'm like, she's. She's cruising. Yeah. Like she is off the she's rails. Like, dip back into that terrorist part of yourself that you tried to bury because it's useful to me in this yeah. moment. Where would you hide, you sneaky traitor? You're a fucking terrorist. Where, where, what would you do, <laughs> you piece of shit? Come on. Okay. Then we get a quick scene of Captain Murder, Rudy Ransom. Every time I remember his name is Rudy, Rudy Ransom. Ransom. Rudy Ransom. Uh, 
<laughs> we see him looking sad, and then he puts on the device, and he goes back to the holodeck beach, and then he sees a lady. A pretty lady. A pretty lady on the beach. pretty even from behind. Yeah. I told you it was a masturbation machine. Well, this is funny because he comes out and he's talking to someone like, and they're like, oh, it's uh, Sharon or whatever her name is uh, popping back at the engineer from the Equinox. And she's like, oh, how was the beach? And he's like, do these programs have people in them? And she's like, no. And he's like, forget it. And I'm like, wait, is this his first time using one of these? No, we've seen no, him no, using he's it used before, one before. But... It's the first time he's seen one with a person. But, 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 but something is like everyone on the ship has used this device a lot. It would be yeah. like com- everyone knows, should know how they work. So it just, I don't know. It, maybe he, I, they could have written that differently. He's, yeah. Maybe he could have said, like, do these have the capacity to spontaneously generate characters right. or something? Exactly. You know? Did you, or did you upgrade did you these? Upgrade it to, to add people. Like, no. it, they needed to make it clear so the audience understood, but it made the character look dumb, no. basically. It's like a screensaver. That's all you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> little flying uh, toasters. Little flying toasters. That's it. Okay. And also, they, uh, they have found some, I don't know, some random mineral they need so they send uh noah lessing noah and another lessing. guy down to the planet and we jump down there he's like oh there's a vein of ore could run pretty deep and they're on this like gorgeous like paradise planet and i'm like they really should have parked the equinox like i know voyager faced that question before but like just find a nice m-class planet and and stop like you didn't need you didn't you actually did have a choice you could literally live here if you yeah. wanted to but then he has a line about this reminds me of McKinley Park, and I'm like, are they filming in McKinley Park? Is this an in joke that I'm supposed to be able to get? And he's telling this long story about this place looks just like it. There used to be some ground squirrels over here, and then they get ambushed. And I actually had to rewind it a couple times because I saw it was Chakotay, but it's also Paris. Like they sent out the murder. Team. They're lucky they survived. They are lucky they, they are made it back lucky to the they ship. Survived. <laughs> He only brought him back to live to make a point. And also because his captain now wants to torture and interrogate them. And Paris is like, awesome. I'm all, yeah, okay, fine. I will forego my bloodlust this once just to I will let you survive for now because I think the captain may kill you later. Uh, okay. So on the Equinox, they get a subspace transmission from the evil doctor who's now their mole feeding them information like Voyager has found you. They, they're in orbit. They've already planned an ambush. They're tracking you. And then they try to call down to the away team. And they realize, oh, they already got them. And they're like, okay, all hands to battle stations. So then we get into the fir- sort of the first uh, combat encounter between Voyager and the Equinox. And I know pretty much all this dogfight stuff is pretty cool on its face. Because we don't get a lot of like ship-to-ship combat because it's yeah. too expensive a lot of time for Voyager to do. Um but I and I know Voyager is damaged from the Fishers and the Slimer ghosts, and if their shield pops, they are screwed. So they don't, they don't, they can't, they don't have that normal where they can burn the shields all the way down if it allows them to take out. There, I realize they have a huge disadvantage, but also at the same time, as established, isn't the Equinox like a level two or three tiers below the combat ability of Voyager? Yeah, and then all of a sudden they have like torpedoes and phaser because wasn't it supposed to be like a planetary survey ship? It's a Nova class, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think they say that. Um. I mean, I feel like when we talked about it before, yeah, like because they made the point because they, that's why it was so much harder for them on yeah. the Delta Quadrant. It is. It is stated. I'm just looking back here. It's uh, 
because it is smaller than Voyager, it doesn't carry as much armament or have as many phaser banks as, as Voyager does. So you're having to lean on, like you said, the fact that Voyager recently had a bunch of systems right. torn up. They they can't, like you said, they can't run the shields down to zero. They've also lost the core crew from injuries and death. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you, they're they're letting that do all the work here. But yeah. you're right. It, it, it Ship to ship, Voyager should have a significant tactical advantage. Yeah. That should be real. It doesn't bother special. me too much, like I said, for those stated reasons, but it did it did occur to me as like I feel like they should be able to stomp the Equinox pretty easily. They, but I mean, I guess uh, I mean they kinda they kinda are until they cheat and give them the shield frequency. Right. Um and she sort of backs off. She's like, Well, wait, all right, all right, fine, all right, fine. If they're gonna be able to take our shields down to zero, then we have to we Well, have they to. just shot right through them. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that happens later. Oh, does oh, never mind. Uh, okay, so anyway, so they have this uh, back and forth uh, bridge to Torres, and they're trying to take out their shield grid generator, and they damaged our deflector, target his weapons array, and they lose their their phaser banks on the Equinox. He's like, use the torpedoes that we definitely have. And then Balana tries to hack into the Equinox, uh, get, past their, their, get past their security protocols, and then she calls over, and she's like, Max, Listen to me. This isn't one of our games. People are dying over here. Back around two BLT. Yeah, right. BLT nickname. <laughs> and then he like just just uh, closes the com. Garbage rating just for BLT alone. Which, what was it in the first episode that Harry called Tom? They called him like Turkey Parm or something. Turkey like platter. Turkey, turkey platter. platter. Yeah. Come on, Turkey platter. <laughs> turkey platter. Um, and through the events of this episode, this is like, Burke is like more evil than. Captain Ransom, like, yep. seems to be the deal. Like, he's like, well, yeah, let's fucking kill him. I don't yeah. care. No, whatever. Uh, which is a choice. Uh, anyway, we've almost got them. One more torpedo ought to do it, but then they have to they have to back down. And then I really love, this is where I noted, I really like Janeway's husky murder voice. Uh, surrender your vessel. And then they lay in a course through the atmosphere, and Janeway's like, what the hell is he doing? And they basically try to chase them into the thermosphere. But their shields start weakening, and that's when they have they have to back that's off. When they have to break they have off. To back off. Uh, and then the, the Equinox gets out of there. They go to warp. They, the Voyager matches course and speed to continue the pursuit. And then she's like, "Okay, well, we need to go get them." And then Harry's like, "We can't. We need to restore primary systems. We need at least a few a few hours." And then she's like, "Well, at least we didn't come away totally empty-handed." And now we go to a chilling scene. This this Janeway literally like it's, it's like she walked. From the sick bay where she murdered Tuvix and then walked right into this room, <laughs> ready to take uh, this man apart. I Mr. Love it. Lessing. <laughs> and I this boy's like, what are you? He's like, tell me what I need to know. I need to know all this stuff. And he's like, what, what are you or what? You'll hit me? She's like, no, crewman. I'll drop the shields around this room and let your little friends come pay you a visit. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is this is dark. I love this. I love this trope. In any kind of, you know, whether it's a crime procedural or whatever, where the asshole thinks he's got the upper hand because, and he all, there's always some line of like, oh, I guess you must be good cop and you right. must be bad cop. And then the look on the guy's face as he realizes, oh, it's all bad cop. Bad cop is in charge here. This mm -hmm. is not an act. And you, course, you see this in tons of different types no, of I, I did It's like always very viscerally satisfying. I did like when Chakotay is like, I have no idea what I the don't fuck's even going know. on. The captain is on her own. We did not I'm not aware that. of a plan. No this plan has been discussed. There's just, there is no script for here. I, I don't even know. I, I Sorry, but We right. all make our own hell, Mr. Lessing. <laughs> I hope you enjoy yours. I was like, fuck. 
<laughs> this darkness has been living inside Janeway for so long. And now it's getting to flower. Yes. Once again, it makes me remind me of the of the year of hell, uh, Janeway, where the, originally that was planned to be like a season-long arc. Yes. And I was like, yes, let the let the the heart of darkness flower. And so they go out there, and Kote has this like, she's kidding. This is a bluff, right? And then she starts turning off. He goes, sh- What are you doing? She goes, Weren't you listening? Weren't you listening? Did- Don't do this. She's like, he'll break. And then we get some scree uh, from the, the the Slimer ghosts that are coming through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Tuvok's like, hey, there's a shield down. He's like, we got it. Don't, as you were. Uh, he'll break. And then we get the, damn it, Catherine. Damn it, Catherine. You're panicking. He's going to talk, you weakling. <laughs> you you, you pissy <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> I'll make Tom Paris first officer if you can't handle the job. Oh, what, what a ship that would be. Uh, Chakotay pulls his phaser, runs in, saves Lessing. He's like, look, you demonstrated your loyalty. Let's talk about the Ankari. He's like, and she just stares at Chakotay's, like, the side of his face. Like, she doesn't recognize it. Like, it's a, like it's a, like a little doll that she's just going to punch. Well, yeah, that's not, well, that's not the information she wants. Also. No, uh, not at all. She doesn't give a shit about the Ankari. He's like, fuck you. And he's just like. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the look she gives as she walks past him and leaves, you're like, oh, damn. I, I don't want that look pointed at me. Okay, so they have determined conveniently <laughs> an Ankari vessel is only two light years from here. And Noah Lessing knows the, the – apparently they have some sort of cloaking situation or something that hides their, their signature. But Lessing knows how to get past that so they can find him. And – they're with all and everyone on board is like okay cool yeah this is what we how we would normally handle this problem yeah so that's worth a try let's go do it and she's and Janeway's in the back of the scene not saying a word just staring at Chakotay and then everyone else leaves and you can see Chakotay like I'm five feet from the door I'm four feet from the door I'm so close I'm going to make it I'm gonna make it commander (laughs) no and (laughs) she's like You've never openly opposed me, and she—he was like, "Well, it was a." And she's like, "It was a calculated risk." He's like, "Look, no, you made a bad call." It's like, "I'll make a note of your complaints in my log. I don't give a crap about your log." And he's like, "There's right. This isn't about Starfleet principles. This is about right and wrong, and I won't let you cross that line again." I wanted her to punch him in the face when he said, "I won't let." Oh, oh, really, Chakotay? Like you could just rise up and take control of this <laughs> yeah. ship at any time, you lap dog. You, you <laughs> trot around at her heels, uh-huh. former Marky Maki mastermind, and now you're like, "I'm, I'm tough. I'm a man, and I won't let." I'm you your get- equal in every way. <laughs> Please, I devour you. And as an as an as an avowed Chakostan, I'm like, "Honey, <laughs> I mean, it you're is not a choice. Kill. It is his job to pull her back." No, I know, and like I love and to, this this and to dynamic be a voice of, of reason when she needs one. Yes, but there is a, that's there's a difference between being the pullback coach who keeps Kirby from running out to the oh, fifty I, yard I, I, line and saying, "I'm warning you, I won't let you cross that line again." That is him chiding her like he is her daddy, and he is decidedly not her dad. No, that checks out. Yeah. Uh, then you leave me no choice. I hereby relieve you of duty. And, she, and he's like, what's happened to you? And he's like, I was about to ask you the same question. Love it. Love yeah. it. Oh, so so good. good. Okay, so they find the Onkari ship. and I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, 
I, I like that line in in the context of like it's it's a cool line, but like I I feel like Chakotay has always pushed, like he's been fairly consistent when Janeway has uh, gone to such lengths to put the entire crew at risk to for one thing, you know that sort of thing. He's been consistent in that, so like eh, I don't know that that line really works. But I think that their previous arguments, even when the tone has become heated, like in Scorpion. It generally ended with your objections are noted, and I hope we can get past this in the future. Right. Sure. This is resolved. I really do. We were joking around about that line, but seriously, I think where he crosses the line is with the I'm warning you, I won't let you do it again. Because that more than implies that he believes if he if she crosses him, he can somehow do something to stop her. Like really, she's the captain. But it could be his ship anytime he wants it. If if the show had done a better job of sustaining a little bit of tension between oh, him being the former right. Maquis yeah. commander, the, these scenes, as hard as they hit, would hit a hundred times harder. Oh, I agree, um, absolutely. But but that's you know I don't want to fault the, these. At least they're doing it now. You know, I yeah. Mean, at least we're finally getting some yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so the Ankara ship's not responding. She's like grab him with a tractor beam. He's like, oh, that's a little hostile, Captain. Just do it. And, and I, I love the first line from the Ankari, like, Starfleet, leave us alone, you murderous thieves. And, it's, and I'm like, oh, yeah. They, Equinox death ruined Starfleet's yeah, reputation. They, they had a bad first contact experience. And she's like, look, we need help with these Slimer ghosts. And she's like, of course, they keep attacking. And I was like, of course they are. You've been killing them. And she's like, no, it's not us. It's the other ship that looks just like our ship, but a little smaller. Uh, and, and like, can you communicate with these aliens? They're like, okay, fine, we'll summon them, but you're the one that's going to have to talk to them. And then we cut to, they've come on on Voyager, and they have the little summon beehive-looking thing. And the Slimer ghosts come in and start dancing around, and the Onkari guy kind of acts as interpreter. He's like, they say they want all the humans to die. And then someone, I think it's Tuvok's like, that's a difficult place to start a negotiation. <laughs> and Janeway's like, we didn't do this to you. They don't believe you would harm your own kind. And I'm like... I'm sorry, you haven't met enough humans. We will definitely harm. We're very exceptionally good. It's the thing we're best at. We are the best at killing other humans. Uh, And then they're trying to explain, we have rules for behavior. Uh, It's our duty to stop them. Let us fix this. And the the Slimer goes, like, give us the Equinox. And Tuvok's like, we will punish them according to our own rules. Uh, They will lose their freedom. And then Janeway says, all right, if you stop your attacks, I'll let you destroy the Equinox. And Tuvok's like, oh, and she's like, I know what I'm doing, Tuvok. I've already confined my first officer to quarters. Would you like to join them? I will lock up the whole damn crew and fly the ship myself. Don't think I won't. Me and Tom, because Tom's going to have my back on this stuff. Uh, and the the Slimer ghosts agree. They agree. Cool. Lon, Lon Suter and I will fly the ship back <laughs> to the Alpha Quadrant. The ghost of Lon Suter. And thus, be- and so now we're entering into the last, the last act of this thing. Uh, back on the Equinox, they need more fuel, and then Captain Murder is—is is that the euphemism? And I'm like, once again, this is not day two of your genocide fuel. No, this is day a hundred. Yeah. So you being w- weirdly passive aggressive about what you call it is just seems bizarre. Um, it's like, well, we need to kill more life forms, and then Burke is like, several more. And I'm like, oh, he's into it. <laughs> it's it's almost like literally like they traded hats. Well, they had to. They had to. If they're going to redeem one, they need one to be. 
Well, it, it, I just thought it was funny because in Equinox Part 1, Burke was like, hey, you know, we can just kind of chill with Voyager and look at this good fu- food and the hot ladies. And and in and, and Episode 1, Ransom was like, no, you weakling. I know. And, and now it's like they totally just swapped. I also think they wanted to mirror what they're doing with Chakotay right. and Janeway right, right now. Like they're trying to make a point about, you know, having the a first officer who, who acts as a, a moral anchor and keeps you from going too far afield. And the, 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 the key difference here really is that she has an anchor in Chakotay and, and Burke is an instigator. He's I'm like, your... no, let's push it even further. But you're right that they switched that up from, from part one I'm in your... order to create this, this mirror image thing. Yeah. Mm. I'm your anchor of evil. Yeah, I um, anchor you to evil. Well, look, I, I will... look, boss, we've already ground out a lot of dark side points. Well, I will yeah, say there's no did... point in trying to get some light side points. Clearly now, a renegade fun. playthrough at this they point. They did not do these like at the same time. Um, oh really? Yeah. Like, and when they started working on this episode, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Like, they had no idea how they were going to end it. Um, and the the one thing they did that that Josh sort of touched on, the one thing they did sort of latch onto is like they're two captains, but they're going in se- you know opposite directions, and like they're so they're trying to set up that sort of opposite scenario. Uh, Two captains, each alike in character and standing, but then you tweak a few variables around them. Yeah. One has a slightly bigger ship and a nice first officer. Yeah. This one has a smaller ship and a kind of mean first officer. Yeah. And they're, they're How do they diverge? green yeah. in very different directions. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's all they could latch onto. They really had no idea how to end it. <laughs> like where where they were gonna go. They had yeah. no knowledge. In this scene itself, I was like, oh, so they're saying Ransom has grown a conscience in the last day yep and that that bugs me it does it, it's it's just it's just difficult even with just looking at this episode by itself oh yeah. you're like i don't, I don't no there's a scene there's a like i understand that like time com- that they sort of play with time as far as they they, they make sure. no mention of time because they don't want to deal with it but like more time would have needed to pass and there would be need to be a more gradual there would need to be more scenes of him like you know shifting like there would need we would need to see that or at or something right at the end of part one like to for the equinox to escape yeah he has to commit something that finally wakes him up yeah like like if he had shot janeway yeah and thought she was dead he's like oh god what have i been i've i've i like that's where he finally like oh shit what have i been doing he had shot naomi wildman (laughs) who is not in this episode (laughs) they set her up for no reason Oh yeah, you oh. guys have forgotten that the pretty lady thinks he's bad. The pretty lady thinks he's a he, bad man. So yes. now he wants to be a good he man. Wants to be a good man, we've already established. Just like the app. And yeah. to be fair, yeah. the lady is very pretty. She is very pretty, and really like two pretty ladies because Janeway also thinks he's also, bad. So yeah. two pretty ladies. Think yeah, two pretty ladies think I'm a bad man. Can't have that. Okay. So anyway, so he runs down to sick bay to see how it's going with seven for the and the. Our doctor, but now he's evil, trying to get the codes out of her. And they're singing Clementine with each other, which, I don't know, the whole them singing together has just made me started to roll my eyes every time it happens. But once again, that's just me being weird. You just don't like pe- singing. Sure don't. In, episodes, in shows that aren't about singing. That's correct. He does <laughs> like. He did like that show, wait, The Sing-Off. Wait, so you don't like it when non-musical shows... No, I just don't like in- singing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, you heard, it, you heard it here first. 
<laughs> That's fair, but that is more you problem, yeah. a you issue than an issue with this no, episode. I like singing. Yeah. No, I no, I think it really hurts the episode. No, I mean. yeah, yeah. How, how good you? Uh, this is where I made my first notes about like sabotaging the main cast. Why did you write a musical if you don't like singing? Look, uh, we we contain legions within ourselves. <laughs> we don't have enough time on this episode to talk about that. We definitely do not. <laughs> uh, anyway, so th- this is where I was noting that they're sabotaging their main cast so they can make this this one-off villain yep. have some growth. I don't love that. Back to the beach. And now he sees the pretty lady who turns around, and what a shock. It's seven. And I was like, this is Jerry Ryan's favorite day on set. Just yeah. go down to the beach. You don't have to put on your cat suit. On you nice no prosthetics. Your hair's down. I was like, I hope it was warm that day. I bet it was cold as shit, and she was miserable there too, but I hope not. And then they have a conversation, which this seems to be like, this is in his own mind. This is his own mind has created this simulacrum to chastise him. Personally, I thought it would have been cooler had like Seven somehow like transferred her consciousness somewhere else right. to sort of survive. Or, or, or launched a little Borg nanoprobe into to, the Or to, you know, to like survive the torture, you know, what the shit she's been doing. I thought that would have been cooler than than, mm-hmm. than this. It's, it's a manifestation of his long suppressed conscience. I get right. I get it, and then but it it worked in, until she turned into a, a Slimer ghost thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, so she's like, I'm hiding like you. And she's like, oh, I can see why this brings you comfort. And then they have the argument like it's not too late to stop. Like you've done all these horrible things. Your ledger of sin is full. It's not too late to turn around and go back the other way. It's never too late to stop and then do. It's never too late to do the right thing, Yeah, basically. Uh, and admittedly, as much as I am a sucker for that type of, of rhetoric, uh, especially like in Trigun. But True. I don't know. <laughs> And anyway, he gets mad and says, get away from me. And uh, then they like bridge to ransom. And I'm like, and they're like, Janeway's found us. And she is pissed. So Voyager comes in at high warp. Uh, they tell the captain, there's a nebula nearby. We could hide. And he's like, no, open a channel. And Burke's like, oh, change of tactics. I'm interested. I, he's like, look, it's time we found another way home. We're going to cooperate with Janeway. And Burke's like, Rudy. With all respect, have you lost your mind? <laughs> and he's like, open a column. He's like, belay that order. Raise shields. I'm taking command. Take him to the brig. And this made me think of, uh, have you guys watched Squid Game? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I haven't finished it, so don't spoil it for me. I'm on like episode seven. That's but, about where we are too. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, But it's the logic of that game of you've done so much fucked up shit to get this far absolutely not we're not stopping now we're gonna get that money yeah uh and that seems to be like they don't really express it well in this moment the idea of the rest of the crew is like no 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 no. we've done all our murders we're gonna keep we're going like we're not we're not having yeah. a, a face turn it's, now. it's a moral sunk cost fallacy it's kind of like exactly. what you said earlier about like well we've already racked up this many dark side points we're gonna try to walk that back now. You know, we might as well just play through to the dark side ending of this what's video a couple, game. What's a couple more? Uh, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. too far gone at this point. Too far gone. Okay, uh, then we cut over to the evil doctor on Voyager, who's answering the con, and he's like, uh, "They're firing torpedoes." And blah, this is what I. And then Sharon, for no reason I can discern, takes Captain Murder to the engineering he's like this isn't the brig which is like what a dummy line 
to make a good actor say. Hey, where, like, where, where, wait wait a minute. Uh, this is a vending machine. And she's like, I'm with you, Captain. Even though in the last episode, I seemed to be fucking terrified of you. But no, no. But I think she's more with him wanting to yes. help Voyager. Well, they, 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 they did establish in the previous episode that she, she was the first one that showed any cracks in terms of re- her real, realizing that what they were doing was awful. She, right. she right. wanted out from under it. Right. Right. And now she's seen her opportunity yeah. and she's going to help the captain. He needed one more pretty lady to give him a little bit of a nudge. Yep. yep. We all need a little, I mean, we all need a pretty lady to show us how to be moral. That's right. That's what I say. Um, you heard it here first. Okay. So they drop out of warp and then they're trying to get the evil doctor to send them their shield frequency. And that's when I was like, oh, so this, they're trying to do Wrath of Khan. This is Wrath of Khan. They wanted to have a Wrath of Khan moment. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. And they're preparing a tractor beam to... Voyager's preparing a tractor beam to grab the Equinox. Then they're hailed by Ransom. And he's like, Captain. Isn't this also a... uh, Is this also an insurrection maneuver? Don't they... I haven't seen insurrection in so long. The the Wrecker maneuver? The Klingon sisters. uh, That's in Generations. When when Ursa and Bator... Kidnap Jordy? Yeah, it's not insurrection. They're not in insurrection, are they? I thought they were. Um, I don't know. No, you're right. I think you are right. I think you're right. It's generation. They get killed in generation. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But they, yeah, they kidnap Jordy, and then hijack his visor so that they can see this the shield frequency, and that's how they end up hurting the the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. They use them. They use that all the time. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So anyway, so the Voyager gets hailed, and it's ransom. He's like, hey. I'm ready to surrender, but there's been a little mutiny, so I'm going to start beaming people over, but you're probably going to want to have some guards standing by. And then the camera zooms in on Janeway, and you see in her face, like, the wheels turning, and I'm like, I was like, ooh, okay. She's already promised the fish ghosts that they can take the Equinox. And I'm like, is this going to be... If we're, Are we going to complete the arc of Janeway going too far to the dark side? <laughs> Of no. her being like, yes, of course, we'll get all your crew off, but then I'll leave you on there. Doesn't matter that now you feel bad about what you did, and I will offer you on a silver platter to buy everybody else's freedom from this. And no, they immediately make it clear that's not what's happening. And I was like, oh no, that would have been so. Cool. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> been so I mean, cool. I get it, I get it, but still, I know we got to pull the <laughs> nose up, but. Uh... <laughs> But the way she says, proceed, I was like, ooh. But then she's like, and everyone's like, what are we? He's like, he's still a Starfleet captain. He seems to have remembered it at last, or whatever it is. Okay, so anyway, they, they start beaming people off, and then uh, so we see Seven get beamed over, and then we have this weird, like, 10-second scene between original Doctor, evil Doctor, who are both evil now, I guess, uh, and he's like, there's photonic explosives. I'll blow you up. And then he's like, delete EMH. Fight over. I was like, what? <laughs> at, <laughs> some, to do. at some point between Ransom changing his mind and them give beam, his subroutines were turned back on. Actually, I, I, yeah, I guess so. But uh, it actually makes more sense if they're not on at this point because he just committed murder. He just killed another holographic being. It would make more sense that he committed murder, and then the very next moment, Harry runs in, or Bellana, and like, beep, boop, boop, morality turned back on, you know? I, I agree that. But we don't made, know either way. Or like they, having they, his, they don't talk about Having it. his core matrix transferred back over to Voyager, like, like 
rebooted you know like 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 went, we've put, restored yeah to factory, a backup. restored him to factory settings <laughs> yeah. right right uh anyway so they're trying to get everyone over and uh the but burke and his last holdouts of truly evil people are like no we still have a working shuttle sir the aliens will make it and then there's the guy with him that looks familiar and I was like, wait, was that the guy who was freaking out at the very beginning of Equinox Part 1 that Neelix found when they initially went over yeah, to the I Equinox? Think so. I think so. so I was like, oh, I bet this guy had a bigger part in the original version of the script. Anyway, but then Burke's team all gets killed conveniently, so we don't have to worry about what to do with them. Uh, Ransom calls over to Voyager. Captain, you've got everything worth getting. you got everyone get worth getting. The ship is about to explode. And he's and she's like, okay, well, come on over. And he's like, set it to autopilot. And he's like, no, there's no time. And then he's like, you got a fine crew, Captain. Promise me you'll get him home. And she's like, I promise. And I was like, this falls a little flat, but okay, fine. Cut back to his ship's about to be murdered by fish ghosts. He goes back to the beach, and we get a shot of, oh, he, he's there. He's, th- he's, he's like put his consciousness into it. He's having a, a very nice delusion to, to let us know that he's been redeemed. He's redeemed himself. And then the Equinox blows up. Uh, and we get a random shot of Harry looking sad. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. Captain's Law. Or, or, did you have something you want to say? No, I mean, I, I guess I kind of made this point that wasn't before. Harry, that that wasn't I'm, Harry Kim. That was just Garrett Wong sad he didn't have more lines. And I don't know that there's a way that we can necessarily prove this one way or the other. But I, I that didn't bother me as much because I'd already decided at this point, they're, they're, if the writers were trying to redeem him and make me think he's a good guy in the end, that's a bridge too far. But if what they were trying to do is show me that there's just enough humanity in there for you to feel a little sorry for him as an audience member without it being full-blown redemption, right? I think they hit that note. If, if So without really talking to the writers and asking, what were you going for here? It's right. kind of hard to know if this succeeds or not mm-hmm. because it succeeds in generating a little bit of pathos for this guy. Sure, sure. But it doesn't succeed as a and redemption. And it's, it's a subtle thing, too. Yes. There's no dialogue to let us know how we're supposed to feel right. about it. Yeah, I, so I do appreciate when Voyager does that. I don't think they gave a shit. I think they just wanted out of this episode. Um, well, see, you can't know that but e- I can't, any more than any of us can know our particular, you know, as we try oh, to... Th- at this point, they're trying to just trying to get out. I mean, that's just from reading some background on the episode. Like, that's 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 what they're going... Inadmissible. No, they just, want, they just want to get out of the... They just want to... They're like, how do we get out of this? And, and uh, it is Voyager's, like primary function to always return things to zero you know um, there's always a reset button so you know there's going to be one at the end of this episode oh as sure, well. sure and i don't you know i th- it could be that one of the writers like well you know we don't like the 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 nice bow we don't want him to be completely redeemed because that's crazy he killed a bunch of things um i agree that that was probably what they were going for they want you to feel a little sorry like okay, in the final moments, he he re, he remembered he's not a complete. There piece was of shit. still a little kernel of good kicking yeah. around under different circumstances and a few different choices. He could have been something better yeah. than what he was. Yeah. The only thing about what you're saying about them trying to just they don't give a shit and they're trying to get out of the episode. The ending, whether you like it or not, is not nonsensical. No, it's it not. isn't like they were like, "Crap, we've got three more minutes." Um, the Enterprise shows up and <laughs> saves them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So I don't get the sense that they were just 
totally groping around in the dark. I don't think at the so either, here. but I, I don't know that it necessarily mattered. You don't have to love the ending, of course, but I, it, it seems like everybody, the writers got on the same page with something. That yeah, no, do. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't think that, I think going the other way with a full redemption would wouldn't work for me personally. If they had 100% committed to that, then no. That no, no. Be. I think this was the best. Leaving it vague was probably their best option. Yeah, at this yeah. point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain's Log, Supplemental. The aliens have withdrawn to their realm, and I've reinstated Chakotay as much as I did not want to. The Voyager is good as I'll be keeping an eye on that I'll be keeping an eye on that son of a bitch. No, no, she won't. Uh, (laughs) Seven will be as good as new, though she does need to regenerate for the next few hours. And then we have a quick scene between Seven and uh, the Doctor, where they basically reestablish that they're cool. No, no, you know, no harm, no foul about the, I tried to dissect you while singing creepy songs. Um, and they do, they do kind of like lampshade the whole problem. Like, it, I hope you don't think less of me. It's kind of concerning that all someone has to do is flick a switch to turn me into Mr. Hyde. That's, which, the, only, that's the only thing I, I, I don't mind about this episode. I'm like, as far as like where we end up and how we go forward, I'm like, okay, we did correct a problem. I appreciate that they acknowledge the, how disconcerting that is. Yeah, yeah. And then they establish this will never help happen again because Seven's going to help him make security protocols so no one can ever just turn off his 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 ethical proto, uh, protocol. You hear that, Voyager? You can never go back to that well. We better not catch you snooping around that well again in the future. Uh, then they have a little back and forth about while we were singing, you were off key. That's impossible. And then they make a date to go holodeck two, you, me, and a tuning fork. And I was like, man, everything is fine, you guys. Everything is fine. Everything's totally fine. Okay. Then we see Janeway talking to the remnants of the Equinox crew. They'll be stripped of rank. They will work as crewmen, but their privileges will be limited. And this time, you'll have to earn our trust. Dismissed. And there go two super distinctive actors we will never, never see, see again. again. <laughs> yeah. Like Sharon and Dr. Lessing, or Mr. Lessing. Like, those are very distinctive actors. Like, we're never going to see them again. They're just gonna they're gonna vanish into the bowels of the ship, scraping plasma gunk out of the warp core or whatever. Yeah, they keep the uh, of all of them, only one of them shows up, and it's not one of them that you recognize. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're gonna bring at some point later. They're gonna be like, "You were on the crew of the Equinox," and it's gonna be a guy we never saw. Yeah, there's uh, there's two there are two characters that were from the Equinox that are in like uh, two 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 or three episodes. Wonderful. Maybe. He'll be the fourth smart brother when he shows uh, up. I adore this. Okay. Uh, so this is kind of the last scene between where Chakotay and Janeway need to kind of mend fences. She's like, how are the, she's like, repairs? She's like, they're coming along. How's the crew? After I went a little murderous, a lot of frayed nerves. And I thought it was interesting the way they blocked this. I actually really thought this was interesting (laughs) because they're already in the conference room. They're alone, but they walk, they're all walking onto the bridge, which is a public space. There are other people around. I thought that was an interesting choice. To put it there. I know they probably were there because they wanted to have the bit with the plaque. But still, I thought that was interesting. This is a public sort of moment. Um, I also like the fact that they are, they could not be further apart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they, I think they wanted to have, they wanted to have them at a space to be able yeah, to, like, yeah. he's back there at the rail and they have to. No, I'm definitely I, trying to avoid their usual staging where it looks like they could start holding hands at any minute. Or like their faces are so close together. If they fall, they're going to kiss. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I thought, yeah, David Livingston directed yeah, it's nice. It's uh, yeah, a nice it's, piece. It's a good. It's a good moment. Uh, I do also love the line. Neelix is organizing a potluck to boost morale, <laughs> and, and she's like, "Will I see you there?" He's like, "Well, I'm replicating the salad. 
made me laugh. Uh, she's I'll like, I'll bring the croutons. I'll replicate the croutons. And then she's like, Chakotay, come closer. Look, you know, you probably had a good reason to stage a little mutiny of your own. He's like, the thought had occurred to me, but that would have been crossing the line. And then they notice, uh, it's a nice callback to part one of this, where the, the Voyager plaque has fallen on the ground and it's dirty and covered with shit. She's like, all these years, all these battles, this thing has never fallen down before. And he's like, well, let's put it back up where it belongs. Uh, I can't, I know it's corny, but I can't, can't pretend which, that that doesn't get me. <laughs> which, like I said, it got me too. But also I was like, oh yeah, we have been with these guys for a while now. Yeah. And also if that's kind of like the motif of this season to come of like, ooh, yeah, things are getting harder. Like we're actually, we're going to have to work harder to keep our ideals where Let's they're supposed sure to be. make sure we keep that plaque on the wall. Yeah, exactly. So a very nice scene uh, at the very end between Chakotay and Janeway. And then we go off into a brand new season. Final thoughts. Um, I thought it had some good moments, some moments that I did like. Um, I like most of the Chakotay Janeway stuff. I think a lot of it's uh, pretty powerful. I just don't know that it, I do know actually that it uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. And immediately in the next episode, which you also know, cause we've already, we recorded these in pairs. Um, you know, it's all, it's already undone. Like any, uh, even by the end of this episode, they're, they're working on undoing. Okay. I don't mean to raise an objection. Inadmissible. This far into the process, but your argument against this episode is to spoil where season six is going. Yes. To cut the legs out from under. But what, regardless of whether no, or not I think no, no, what no, you're no. saying is even true, which I really kind of don't. Well, I'm saying by, by even the end of the episode, they're already walking it back a little. I'm just saying it it feels like another sort of my my our main my one of my main issues with the show is that it's they're always hitting the reset button by the end of the episode and I feel like they're doing that now um at the end of this one um is my main issue with it um I don't think I feel like you can tell that they didn't shoot these episodes back to back and have a full you know two-parter two written um I feel like that that hurts it a little bit um, as far as them scrambling on and figuring out how to end it. Um, I did enjoy it, but uh, it, it had issues. So I'll push back real quick on, on something that you sure. said there. The, the fact that you have the two characters, to a lesser extent, sort of, I, I guess with like Seven and the EMH, you can say, yeah, they kind of were like, oh, that's weird that that happened. Let's change your program so it can never happen again. Right. Fine. Like, that's not going to be a thing in the future. But they, the last conversation between Janeway and Chakotay, where the two characters are cautiously acknowledging shit got kind of tense, <laughs> which means that now we know shit can get kind of tense between sure. the two of us, and we are going to have to be very guarded to make sure that doesn't happen again for the good and safety of this crew and ship. Ah, ha, ha. I'll see you at the potluck guy who <laughs> guy who just made a joke about mutiny. I think the fact that I, I, obviously like their relationship is on better footing by the end of the episode than it was like 15 minutes prior right sure. in the episode. But yes. I don't see that as a total walking back. The fact that mm. they acknowledge it and we're like, we got to be on guard about this because it could continue to be a thing. Sure. I, I just, I, I, just pushing back a little bit on the characterization of that as a status quo reset. Like their relationship is, is, altered now by the end of this episode at least with that final scene um 
and I'll just like real quick because I've already had a chance to make all my points as, uh, throughout the episode. Um, if I my thing with this episode is if I take a, if I make a list in my mind of all the things I don't like about it, and then I cross out everything that really is just like fruit of the poisonous tree that was episode one. Right. The only things I really have a problem. The big one is that chunk in the middle with the EMH, which we mm-hmm. talked about. That we don't. None of us like that. And then the fact that his the 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 moral turnaround for Rudy Ransom has at best kind of a soft core of motivation yeah. uh, inside it. Those are my two big issues, but it's not enough to ruin the episode for me, especially if I assess this episode relative to the. It didn't get to start at zero. It started at like negative 20 and had to <laughs> climb its way up yeah. to about 10 or 15. I don't know what the scale is I'm talking about here, you know, but like the, it dug itself out of a hole and yeah. I think ended up being a, a, a pretty entertaining episode that manages to salvage some bits out of a mess. So, yeah. I, I, I think you both made some, some solid points as you often do. Um, you're both, you're both good boys. And, thank God. and the pretty lady yeah, loves you. Yeah, oh, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. Um, no, no, I, I, like I said, uh, it's obvious. It's very obvious for whatever reason. They decided the story they wanted to tell in part two. Like they felt like, oh, this is what we're doing. Okay, cool. And so they definitely have scrunched two episodes worth of character development into one episode. Uh, and that, but at the same time, but also I can't penalize it too much for the sins of the, the other episode. Like the the first episode didn't do them do this episode any favors, uh, like clawing out of the hole as you were saying, Josh. But all in all, like I really like the scenes between Chakotay and Janeway, and it's good to see those actors work together as actors. And as much as I hate the EMH stuff and find the Rudy Ransom thing preposterous, really as 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 laid i still think there's enough good stuff in the episode to put it just over on the good side uh so uh, i also want to say that i have looked into my heart and soul and decided that i i will no longer worry or be concerned about the fact that the episode every episode is going to reset to status quo at the end the reset button does not bother me because basically it is a part of the show it, it would be it's silly at this point to be like this zebra has stripes in, in season I, six like, i don't like the fact that the show is on a ship in every episode they're on a ship and it get off the me damn off. ship you guys um it's it's like i said we've watched enough at this point that i'm like it's just it's just it is the form it's the format they've chosen so i know you hate it but i just i've just accepted i've come to peace i've come to terms with it that's just how it is like I'm still gonna think about how much cooler it would be if they didn't always bring it right back to status quo. But ultimately, I, I, I'm just gonna stop penalizing uh, episodes for that. I mean, that seems unfair, but okay. Good oh thing. no, you'll have to think of another argument. Yeah, I mean that's a big problem with the show. But it's fine if you want to just accept it as this is a problem of the show. It is a problem of the show, and it definitely when we uh, at some grand day discuss the entire show that's something we definitely are going to want to examine a lot like um but yeah so i I think this i think this episode's good just barely just barely but enough to for me to be confident to call it good 
Like, I, it's not even like a split decision for me. I think it's it is a good episode. It's a messy as hell episode, but I still think it's pretty good. But is is it season six good? Um, just barely. Okay. Just barely. The good citizens of the jury have reviewed the evidence. Gentlemen, your closing arguments. Thank you, Your Honor. Equinox Part 2 is garbage. I mean, there should really have been a Part 1. We should have just deleted both of these episodes from existence. Uh, they're just terrible. You know, they don't make me feel good, like in inside, around the spleen area. It's just a real, real bad feel. Real bad feel. Real bad feel. Feel. Thank you. Captain Spurlock. Oh, benevolent god of dairy, ruler of the land of lakes, scourge of the lactate empire, forgive these fools who fail to see that this episode, like milk itself, is hearty and nourishing to all who partake of its bounty, that it grants strength to season six narrative bones, and yes, leaves us all a bit gassy. Ultimately, the fate of this voyage is up to you good beings on the jury, but it is my august responsibility to make judgment based on the evidence and argument placed before the court today. After reviewing it all, I hereby decree that Case 601, Equinox, Part 2, is good. These verdicts cannot be appealed. They are final and irrevocable within this quadrant, space-time continuum, and county. Court adjourned. Radio presentation. 
For more excruciating action, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you seek podcast content. Okay, this time I've got it. Computer, seal the door to my quarters. Activate emergency protocol Chakote Epsilon Niner. Transfer all command functions to my tricorder. Delete all recipes that involve rutabaga, shrimp, and martaxian ferret to make room. Okay, okay, Neelix. You know what you have to do. Computer, open all exterior airlocks. Deactivate inertial dampeners one through 10. Do a barrel roll for exactly 13 seconds. What? Okay, now close all exterior airlocks. Activate site to site transport. Needless to the bridge. Uh, sorry, Harry. Hiya! Computer, set a course for that trinary nebula system. Engage! Come on, come on, we're almost there. I can get out of this! What? This didn't happen last time! Who? Did you think you were alone in this time loop, Neelix? Did you think you were the only god being born? Naomi! But remember, I'm your friend! I'm basically your only father figure! We played your stupid holiday game! Is, is that a katana you have? That's just too bad, Neelix. There can be only one! <laughs> Oh, fuck it. I think I'm just gonna lie here this time around.